We live in a society where it's hard to pay attention. Are you paying attention? <laughs> Watch any television news station, and always, it's breaking news. Breaking news, there's something more awful than the breaking news that you just heard before and the news you're about to hear. We are pulled from every story, zeroed on on what the next scandal will bring. And I think with that loss of focus, often our priorities are muddied. And sometimes our guiding moral compass illuminating the true urgencies, what's really important, what we should be paying attention to, what's truly imperative, well, that compass feels far away. You know, the Torah reminds us why human beings were created. In Breshit, human beings are put in the Garden of Eden, to cultivate this earth and to protect it. The Or HaChaim, an 18th century Torah commentator, says, you know what, I think this statement is a little odd. Because does God really need human beings to protect God's creation? Why does God need us at all? Nor, no, says the Torah commentator, that's not the point at all. Rather, today, when we hear about Gan Eden, when we hear about the Garden of Eden, we are supposed to look at the Garden as an example of the building of a spiritual environment. What it might mean for all of us to build spiritual environments, to tend to our many worlds, to tend to our many gardens, to tend to our world in the way that Adam and Eve perhaps should have, because their actions, their positive actions would have contributed to the well-being of the garden, and well, we know that their negative choices led to their never seeing the garden again. And so this morning, I am compelled to ask the questions that maybe Adam and Eve forgot to ask. And maybe if they did ask the following questions, the trajectory of their story would have looked very different. So listen to the following questions. For whom? For whom are we tilling and protecting our garden? For whom are we building spiritual environments? When we feel as if we have lost our focus, when it's unclear what's most important, when we are pulled in every single direction, the Torah begs us to go back, back to the beginning of creation and ask ourselves the question, how do the choices that we make in this world define the world that we are building? Yes, for ourselves, but more importantly, for future generations. Now, those choices are far from easy to make. Look at the Parsha this morning. The tribes of Reuben and God are trying to negotiate with Moshe about entering the Holy Land. Almost like any children, they're begging for independence. And so they say to Moses, leave us alone and listen to our priorities. Listen to what we're going to do, our to-do list. First, Moshe, our plan is to build sheep pens for our flocks and then build towns for our children. And Moses says, okay, you deserve your independence, but listen to what you said. 
Go ahead. Be your individual tribes, but please do the opposite of what you said to me. First, build towns for your children, and then build sheep pens for your flock. In other words, Moses was guiding them. You have your priorities out of order. When we are tasked to create a home that is rooted in faith, that's anchored in Torah, when we are tasked to build spiritual homes and environments for our families, for our synagogue, for our community, before we do anything else, we must ask the question, for whom do you till and guard this garden? Moses was asking the same thing of the Reubenites, of the Gadites. Who comes first? What comes first? Your children or your things? And as we make those choices, we must ask the question, who is watching? Educators Ellen and Peter Allard recall the following story. When their own children were young, they took a walk through a cemetery and they were looking for a gravestone of a relative. Their then eight-year-old noticed that the gravestones that they passed didn't describe how much money those people had, what colleges they attended, or the size of their homes. But the child was enthralled with the words on the gravestones, beloved son, beloved mother, beloved father, beloved grandparent, beloved wife. The child couldn't help but note who these people were to someone else. That seemed more important than any other priority because gravestones usually offer descriptions of how we relate to other people. We are remembered by who watches our examples and who observes our deeds. Who do we impact? Whose lives do we touch? For whom do we till and guard our garden? Now I think we build those spiritual environments in two different ways. First is through the actions we take and the words we use. Clinical psychologist Wendy Mogul explains, in our competitive, overscheduled world, we so often get in the habit of looking for the shortcuts, of finding creative justifications for breaking rules, and putting our own needs first, our own needs ahead of the community, and it's easy to forget that our children are watching. And I beg all of us to remember that we need not have children of our own to know that children are watching. Mogul asks us to think of a simple example, a simple but difficult example to help us build spiritual environments in the here and now. This is what she teaches. She says that a parent must lay down their phone when greeting their child. And I'll add, when greeting any person, that the laws of Derech Eretz, the laws of civility, state that when we are in public, we should try to greet others as soon as we spot them, lest they think that you're ignoring them or avoiding them. And she writes, the person in front of you, most of all your child, deserves that same consideration. And I love the imagery she gives us 
She says, think of the phone as a snake in the Garden of Eden. It's an alluring temptation to always connect. But guess what? The caller knows how to leave a message. But I'd say here's the next step in nourishing a spiritual environment. If you don't answer the phone immediately, your child or the other person gets a message too. She tells us that the child or the person realizes that you, you are letting them know that you take precedence, you take precedence before any other activity. Like I said, simple but difficult. And that's a priority that we can choose right now. But I want you to know when you choose that priority, we're also cultivating spiritual environments for generations we will never see. Perhaps you remember the story about Honi. In the Talmud, we're taught that Honi was walking along a road and he was confused because he saw another gentleman planting a tree. And Honi was bewildered because he noticed that the tree was a carob tree. And we're told for carob trees, for them to bear fruit, it takes about 70 years. And so Honi went up to the man and said, I hate to say this to you, but you know that, plant, that tree you're planting, I have a feeling that you're not going to live another, he wasn't trying to be rude, but said, I'm, I have a feeling you're not going to live another 70 years. You will never see the fruit of that tree. And this man looked back at him and smiled a very sad smile and said, you're missing the point. You know, when I was born into this world, I found carob trees planted for me by my father and my grandfather. Just as they planted trees for me, I plant for generations I may never see. Someone planted for me, and I will plant for someone else. When we are all pulled in every which way, when we are pulled in every direction, we can forge a path forward when we know what our purpose is, when our purpose is crystal clear. Someone planted for us, and we are meant to plant for someone else. Audrey Hepburn said, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. We can make it a priority to till and protect the gardens that are ours, our family, our synagogue, our community. This is a world that can be entrenched with derech eretz, with respect and civility. In the Garden of Eden, God asks Adam the question, Ayeka, where are you? Where are you? And I believe that when we spend our lifetimes planting spiritual anchors for generations to come, it may be easier to say, Hineni, God, I'm not lost. I'm not hiding. I'm right here. I pray this morning that each of our gardens flourish through the choices we make. Seeds planted for our children that God willing will bloom and God willing will grow. And one day, it just might say, Breaking news. 
Past generations have worked to ensure the gift of a brighter tomorrow. And I believe that is something that deserves our attention. Shabbat Shalom.